You are a carrot. You absolute carrot, you. You carrot, you. Shumai, Chris Adui. Paul Adui. And Chris Yoi, that's show. We would like just to take this quick moment to thank our sponsors, which are Raw, Electrum, and Total Tattoo. Without the support of those guys, we would not be able to bring this to you on all the different platforms and so on. So big up, massive thanks. If you're not thank following you, them and so on, go check them all out. Go buy a copy of the magazine and everything. And, you know, you supporting them supports us and allows us to do cool things like do a, sh- a fucking refurb of my YouTube studio and buy Paul a jacket because he's cold in his room. And <laughs> it's because I'd air. like to buy, get this, I'd like to buy, because um, I've, I've got heating in the studio, but it's all right, but it's a, it's a bit small for the room that I've got. So I normally use uh, a colour gas heater just to warm the room up. And then once you get the heat in the room, it stays, right? Uh, it's all Vladimir Putin's fault. There's no colour gas anywhere in England. You know, you know, the kind of camping gas that you get. And there's, there's none anywhere. You can't buy it at the moment. Fuck, it's too expensive to buy anyway. I've started seeing like tattooists that are posting up how much their bills are this year for the first quarter. It's fucking wild. Somebody posted up the other day, £5,000 for a quarter on electric. We've got energy crisis in the UK. If you're not in the UK, that's uh, it's one of it's one of the many problems of being in the UK at the moment. Can, can, uh, we haven't got an energy crisis. We've got a bunch of greedy... F- Mother effers, because we can't swear yeah. in the first. We can't swear in the first few seconds or first couple of minutes anymore. No. Uh, because I think of we're YouTube. about three minutes in, so I think you're reasonably safe at the moment. Fucking greedy, yeah. right? Energy companies. Yeah, but it is though, isn't it? They fucking they 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 don't need to charge that much. You just been a bunch of fucking wankers. Like you can go and suck my fucking dick if you think I'm paying that much electric, and I will refuse to pay it. They can't switch off your fucking power. For instance. um if you're not in the UK, I'll fill you in. I'm sure if you're in the UK, you're already feeling this pain. So obviously we've got, uh, both of us have got studios in the UK. And um, I've I've been on a fixed tariff with my uh, electricity supplier for the studio for the last couple of years. And we've just had the revised bill through uh, for the monthly amount that we have to give them to cover the bills for the year. And our electricity bill alone in the studio has quadrupled from you know, from last year to this year. So I I, uh, I feel your pain if you're running a studio in the UK at the moment. We'll all be uh, we'll all be nicking candles and burning them before before long. It's crazy. It's also an absolutely shit time of year to be having bad news like that as well. Cause yeah. if you're not in if you're not in the UK, uh, I'll explain to you. At the moment, at this time of year, we are in the dead of winter for, for the UK now. Yeah. Everywhere in England currently looks like fucking Silent Hill, doesn't it? Like it just driving over to the shop this evening, it was literally that the fog well, like that down in Wales the fog well. has come down to about six feet off the ground, you know, so it's just everywhere is just grey and miserable. I think it's it's a, it, the next four weeks are the saddest time of year in the UK now, where everybody gets really down and depressed. It's so mad. If you're feeling down and depressed, just remember, four weeks from now, we'll have a little bit of break in the weather. We can all be, you know, thinking that the, the, the summer's coming in March again, can't we? But January, February in the UK are brutal. You know, they're just evil, evil months, man. So hard. It's pitch black by three o'clock in the afternoon. It's... Uh, Englishman, hang on a minute, Englishman moaning about the weather. I've I've just realised I've just become an absolute cliche. <laughs> an old Englishman moaning about all the weather. Yeah, so, I mean, geez, sorry, folks, sorry. This is episode 98, isn't it? 
It is, yeah. So not long till we get to it. What? I know. What should we do? I might come up to yours and we'll do a fucking live. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll try and do something a little bit special. Or we'll just do episode 100 exactly the same as the last 99 of them and it won't be any big deal. You know, we won't yeah. celebrate it at all. You know? Just have a little <laughs> Let's be honest. birthday cake like. I don't know where one of the boys read this, right? But he said he said that um, 100 fucking episodes, like we're almost on 100 episodes. He said like, he's like, statistically, you are in the top 5% of podcasts because a lot of podcasts do not make it this far. It's crazy, it really is. And it's all thanks to you lot for listening. So thanks for sticking around if you're listening on the podcast big shout out to you uh, you've made the right decision because it's not worth looking at really so uh, well done thank thank you for sticking around and thanks for coming back no show without yeah, you lot exactly even yeah. the ones that write stupid comments Chris yo what's in the news mate um, other than the fact that <laughs> uh, so there's a couple of things so um Vlad has got a new wireless pen coming out. Uh, more details to follow in another video when I've done some research because I've been still been busy sorting this room out. Um, there is also another bit of news, and I think this may lead on to a video that we can talk about actually. But somebody messaged us on Instagram, uh, and they were saying that there is a there's a person out there in the UK that has multiple tattoo shops, um, and it looks like he's a bit of a. And the way he's treating people is bad, he's abusive, he's this, he's that, he's this, he's that, he's this, he's, this, he's that. He's not, he's like withholding money from people, he's a proper dirty fucker. I'm not going to say who it is because of, I don't want us to be liable for any form of slander. But that's the topic I want to discuss and that's where I think we should go down the avenue of video. Because what has happened is one of the victims of this person has posted a load of stuff online. And they're sharing all the people's stories and like... When they, I think they kind of, just someone approached us open, maybe we would share it and discuss it openly and say names. But like the instant, the first thing I said was like, has, have they been reported to the police? Have they been reported to the local health authority? You know, have you gone down the correct legal channels before you've gone and bashed this person online? Because regardless of whether or not uh, they are doing the things that people are saying that they're doing and that they've got photographic evidence of. If you haven't made a formal complaint and they haven't been prosecuted or, you know, and, and, and so on, you could be liable for like slander and things like that. There's another thing to consider in that. If you haven't done any of that, and even if you have, and you put all that stuff up on a public forum to start people talking about it, you are giving that person's legal team a built-in defence to say yeah. that this person has already been tried on the internet and doesn't deserve any further punitive action. So my advice would be go through all the legal channels, keep it offline, um, and then present yeah. it as evidence. Keep the evidence to yourself because what you could be doing is actually making it much easier for the person to get away with what they're doing oh, because yeah. they've, they've already been tried on the internet, you know. So you could be helping them get away with it. Yeah, the other, the other news was the uh, energy crisis. Yeah, yeah, the energy crisis. Have I said that already? Yeah, it just um, gets worse and worse and worse. You know, every, I mean, it's not just the energy crisis, is it? I think that's affecting tattoo studios. You know, again, if you're not in the UK, you might not be experiencing this. I'm sure you're experiencing it if you're in Europe because of the 
uh, the war in the Ukraine, um, energy prices have skyrocketed, I think probably around the world. And um, on top of that, we've, we've also got an incredible cost of living crisis that's coming. Um, not sim something as simple as, you know, for us, um, a, a, you know, four rolls of plenty paper towels for, for tattooing with have gone from about four quid to about nine quid. I think I saw them last, like, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough times for, for quite a few people for a, for a little while. But like, this is the thing, like when you've got a bunch of fucking bell ends running the country, you know, and they've just, based just, like I would not, any the people that are running our country, I would not trust them to fucking run a McDonald's, like, do you mean? I just wouldn't, they've done a terrible job. <laughs> Can you imagine their version of McDonald's? It'd be, it'd be absolutely shit, you know? <laughs> well, you know, they, they, I, I honestly think, right, if you put a lot of the people that run this country in a position where they had to run a small business, the business would go fucking bankrupt. Because what they would do is they'd fucking sell off all the fucking assets to pay the bills. Yeah. Which is what they <laughs> do. you know what happens? You'd pull up to the window and they'd go, 12 chicken nuggets, sir. And you go, yeah, that's right, 12 chicken nuggets. You'd get it and it'd have four chicken nuggets in the box. And when you go, there's only four nuggets here, they go, well, 12 was just a campaign promise. We can, yeah. only, we can only give you four. Yeah, <laughs> you get them, they give you like a fillet of fish. And, they, and you'd be like, but I ordered a cheeseburger. You go, no, that is a cheeseburger. You know, no, no, I, no, no, that is that is a cheeseburger. That is what a cheeseburger actually looks like. They just gaslight you out of it. This yeah. is literally what our government are doing to the entire population of England. They're just gaslighting us all. No, no, it's all your fault. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. It's the fucking shit. <laughs> I have got a good bit of news. What's that? Is it good news good or you. is it just news news? It is good news. It is good news. Ooh. We have finally figured out how to do our monthly competitions and we now have a format going forward that will start in February. Have we? So what we're going to do, yes we do, Chris doesn't know this but I figured this out today. This is what we're going to do from now on. Every month we are going to do a competition that's going to run on our Instagram. Follow us on Insta so that you see it come up. We will share a post with a picture of the thing that we're giving away and all you will be required to do is like the post, obviously you've got to be subscribing, and then comment on that particular post with, uh, you know, which which machine you want or what product you want to win if it's multiple, or uh, and add the name of somebody that you think should watch the tattoo show. That's what we get out of this deal, basically, is we get some more followers on our Instagram and you tell some other people about the tattoo show. That's what we're getting out of it. What you can potentially get out of it is some free gear at a time when everything's really expensive so a free tattoo machine or a load of free needles or some free aftercare would be really good i thought if we're going to start let's start with a really good one so the february giveaway is going to be a flux max and a kill switch brand new in the box to give away so that's going to be i thought if we're going to start let's start with a big one let's start with a you know it's about 1300 quid's worth of kit maybe a little bit more so we're going to start from there. So it's worth looking out for on the uh, on the Instagram. So the first comment comes from Mab Mabo. Oh God, the Mabo Mambo, Mambo number, five, number five. The Mabo Tofu. I'm sorry about this. I'm really bad with this stuff. You know, computer's really far away. I can only just about see it. Uh, and his comment was, and I love this comment. It says, finally, tattoo and guitar news in the same place. Loving it. Heart emoji. As we're talking about features that we have on the show, 
Uh, and I've been asking that question on the Instagram over the last couple of weeks. Uh, do you want some guitar news? Do you want some uh, music news? Do you, uh, record recommendations? Do you want anything like that? I know we, we do try and keep this all tattoo related, but if you guys want us to talk about some of our other passions in life, one of mine is obviously music. So if you want me to talk about that sort of stuff, I'll happily drop it into the news. Uh, Chris is just turning his background lights on. That's going to freak Jay out when he edits it. <laughs> the battery ran out. Oh, right. Yeah, so maybe we'll open the news out a little bit. Maybe do the news section. Maybe we'll include some of the other stuff that we love. Thank you very much for that comment. Uh, the next one, right, Axel Soto 583. Hi, guys. Thanks so much. This is a great show. Thank you very much. It is. Uh, I have a question. Where can I find the super big armrest? There's a couple of places you can get them from. If you are uh, in the States, Electrum have some. Uh, and they actually have like loads of different colours. And they sponsor the show. So if you buy it from them, you'd be helping us out because you show them a bit of love, they show us a bit of love. If you're in the UK, there are a couple of different websites you can get them from. I got mine from a local company. Uh, it's a local supply company called Tats Up. Uh, and a fair play to them, they actually hand, they, they personally delivered it to the shop. They've got this cool little van that they take around, so they deliver it to the shop. And I think my cost about 215 quid, including delivery, and they built it for me as well. Uh, Xander Lurks. Hey, Paul, I can't help but notice you always seem to have a disposable vape in your hand, and you could save yourself a small fortune by getting something like a U-Well Pop Reel or Oxfa Slim and use nicotine salt liquids. Pretty much the same thing, but reusable instead of disposable. Right, there's a couple of things with that. Thank you very much for the info. Uh, and I do know that they're not uh, ecologically sound, I guess is what we're saying. So this is my, this is the this is the thing he's talking about, the thing I'm banging on all day, because I, you know, I've tried to quit, I'm trying to quit smoking. Um, you can interject in a minute, but what I wanted to say was um, the, Thank you very much for the tip. If you can find one that I can do that with that won't leak or I can throw it on a, in a bag on an airplane, I will happily use it. The reason that I love these is I just slam them in my front pocket. They don't leak and my pockets don't smell of strawberry shortcake or whatever this flavour is. So that's the reason that I, uh, I use them. But... Uh, if you, if any of you out there are more into the vaping world and you know of something like that that works and doesn't leak, guaranteed, then uh, I'll happily give it a go. And I may even review your findings and let, let, uh, and we'll see how we go. What Paul, in a nutshell, was trying to say there was like, he doesn't care about the environment uh, and sometimes <laughs> people should keep their opinions to themselves. <laughs> I do care joking. about the environment, <laughs> but I also care about the smell of my bag and the smell of my pockets, you know, and they all leak. You know me, I've, I've been trying to quit smoking for years. You, you do all the strawberry smelly balls. Yeah, like. it's rubbish, you know what I mean? And um, oh, I, I got a comment. Yeah, go on then. This is in our health review section um, from Justin Inklink, uh, 1588. Is that his date of birth? His year of birth? Or, I don't know. But <laughs> I say he says, no, I doubt that's his year of birth. I know I was joking. Um, he says Jordan Peterson. No, sorry, Jordan Pedersen. So wrong person probably. But Jordan Peterson is a douche. That said, he deserves to say whatever he feels. Everybody's allowed to have an opinion. Is like you may agree with him, you may not agree with him. But he's a massive advocate yeah, of freedom of speech. Yeah, that's that's freedom of speech. 
Rich, if you think he's a douche, you're entitled thing. to that opinion. But what shouldn't happen is because you've said that on our YouTube in the comments, you shouldn't have to have state-mandated retraining to agree with everybody else. You're allowed your opinion and he should be allowed his opinion and everybody should be allowed to agree or disagree. That's kind of the point. Right, I had the weirdest email the other day. Oh, what's this then? Somebody emailed me to my personal email, not to the tattoo show email, just straight to my personal email, asking me if I could fix their FK Ions batteries and help them install firmware on their broken, <laughs> on their broken batteries. And I had to go back to them and go, no, I don't work for FK Ions. I've got no association with, other than we mention them on the show occasionally. And I suggest that you, instead of coming yeah. to me, some bloke with a YouTube channel and going, Can, my tattoo machine is not working. Apparently I need something to do with an app called firmware and I can't find it anywhere. Can you fix my batteries? I'm like, have you tried FK Ion's actual customer support? Because that's actually their job, not mine. Uh, no, we're not technical support. Just because we talk about these companies, we, we actually don't work for them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> We can't help you with that stuff. Chris might be able to help you a little bit. I can't. I've helped out a few people where they've been stuck and I've reached out to Afghans on their behalf. I was trying to work out what the sequence of events was where your tattoo machine's not working and somebody's gone, do you know what you want to do? You want to, you want to, you want to email Paul Talbot? And I'm like, well, how the fuck did you end up emailing me of all the people you could email? Like, like why would you email me Fucking about that? Email for Paul? <laughs> <laughs> That's bizarre. While, while we're talking, and I've been talking about uh, vapes, UK e-cig store have actually just emailed me out the blue. Have they emailed you and said, like, hey, Paul, um, we've got a problem with our e-cig batteries. Uh, is there any way <laughs> Can you that... help us fix that? Yeah, can you help <laughs> us fix that? We had to make ourselves a cup of coffee and decide what we wanted to talk about because um, it's either... <sighs> The tattoos need to have meanings. Not fucking really. That's a short conversation. <laughs> that was basically the conversation as the kettle was boiling. No. Have I ever told you the story? Like when I, when I was uh, when I was like younger, like before I had grey hair, uh, when I was working in another studio, right? It's like some kid come in for his first tattoo and he had tribal on his leg and he's wearing like a Miami Ink t-shirt, like <laughs> so fucking tattooing him. And I done the whole, I done the Miami Ink line. I was like, so. What does this tattoo mean to you then? And he started giving me this entire fucking story about like what the fucking tribal meant to him. And I said, ah, just let me stop being mate. I honestly don't give a fuck. Right? I don't care, mate. <laughs> I'm just winding him up because you you come into a tattoo shop with a Miami Ink shirt on. Like, he saw the funny side. Like, it's like going into McDonald's with a fucking McDonald's shirt. Like. So the conversation that we, uh, we've decided to have this week while we were making coffee is it actually came up in my studio this week. Um, and Jay was tattooing a friend of his who's a, uh, a tattoo apprentice who's coming to the end of their apprenticeship. And they were kind of asking, okay, so, you know, I can do lines, I can, I can pack colour, I can do shading. Uh, and I've, I'm coming to the end of my apprenticeship. What do I do now? What are the next steps to becoming, you know, an ex-apprentice uh, to becoming a professional tattooer that now makes a living from this thing that I've learned to do? So, you know, and I think this is, I think it's a good question because I think a lot of people, you get to the end of your apprenticeship or you get to the end of the learning phase of what you're doing. I mean, I think your apprenticeship is one thing, but if you're teaching yourself and you get to the end of the bit where you go, right, I'm confident to do this now, what do I do now? How do I take this next step from being 
an amateur tattooist into being a professional tattooist, i.e. this is how I make a living. You know, so Chris, you can kick this off, mate. Like, first of all, like realistically, when you're teaching somebody to tattoo or if you have an apprentice, uh, if you are an apprentice, um, the person that's teaching you should be giving you this information and they should be giving you the the tools that you need to be able to, to know what to do. Like uh, Paul does it with his apprentices. I would do it with mine. The problem that I see, though, in the tattoo industry, and I'm probably going to get fucking hate for this, is that. There's definitely a lack of loyalty when it comes to apprentices and mentors at the moment in the industry. Where it's like, I'm seeing it all the time. It's like somebody goes to a shop, does an apprentice, uh, does an apprenticeship. Soon as they finished it, they just fucking leave. And I'm like, that person has spent time teaching you. The least you could do is stay in that studio for a little bit and work because that's what you need to do like in a nutshell what you need to do as an apprentice is stay where you are because even though you've finished your apprenticeship you still don't know everything there's still going to be problems that you're going to have and obstacles that you're going to need to overcome and you're still going to need advice from mentors and so on so i would always say stay in that studio for i know a year or two build up a client base tattoo everything that comes through the door as a studio we still get a lot of our client base from word of mouth yeah so if you yeah, build yeah. up a client base then and you do a good tattoo they'll tell people and you'll get more clients in it's all about that it's what i did it's just like i worked and i stayed in the place i built up a client base and then just kept working and working and working and yeah that's it like I and mean, you can promote yourself online though obviously things have changed now like you can have a website you can have a social media presence but like it depends how you look at it. Some people look at those as like, that's how they get their money and that's how they do this. Whereas I look at those more of a, it's just a portfolio that I carry around in my pocket and it's easily available for everybody. It's not like how I get my money. Like No, it's an opinion. You know, uh, my, my take on that whole thing, uh, starting back at the top would be when it comes to the question of loyalty, and this is really for shop owners and mentors, I think is that loyalty cuts both ways. If you don't treat your apprentices well and you have oh, them yeah. outside, you know, washing your car and, you know, taking your dog for a walk and, you know, and doing your shopping, before, yeah. yeah, so I, just before you go off on that little rant there, that is me coming from the perspective of how I would take on an apprentice. I would, if I was to take on an apprentice, they would be getting paid. If they were working for me in my studio, the hours that they were working, they would be getting paid. The hours that they were learning, they wouldn't be getting paid because I'm, do you mean? I would not have yep. that. Like, that's one thing <clears> that <throat> fucking grips my shit is where tattooists are like, I'm like, I'm going to fucking, they, they, they're getting people to work for nothing. Like, do you mean? Get a, no, they'd be. I'd have a contract in place and everything. Like, do you mean so? It'd be protection on both sides. So it wouldn't be a fucking. The way I configure it uh, with the, with my apprentices, um, having done it done it a few times now, uh, we have the learning phase of the apprenticeship where they're not paid because it's all learning. They're not my shop dog's body and skivvy. You know, they uh, they muck they muck in if they want to. Yeah. Are they, are they so like see if it, uh, I. I I've seen a few people that are apprentices are expect to be at the studio, like open to close and then have to work like a second job. Do you expect that from them or is it like they just come in? No, they come in to learn to tattoo when I can, when I've got time to teach them. Right. So, cause I'm, I'm tattooing on the days that I'm tattooing, 
I can't be teaching them. They they are welcome to come in and observe yeah. if they've got time to, uh, because you can learn a lot by watching the way a professional tattooist works to see how it's how it's done. Normally, the the pure learning phase is about uh, probably about twelve months um, of coming in, sitting with practice skin, being observed tattooing. You know, not being just left in a a room somewhere to like practice it's actually observed and taught and then you know sometimes there's a little bit of drawing to be taught layout to be taught all that kind of stuff yeah um at the point when i'm confident that they can start doing some small simple tattoos then they uh the money that the studio receives for that because we put them out at apprentice rate you know so that it's it's easy for them to get a little bit of work off their friends and yeah. their co-workers wherever they're working and stuff we give them a good rate the studio wears the cost of the supplies you know, and all that sort of stuff. That's our, that's our investment in the person. Uh, but the, the apprentice receives the money for the tattoo that they do. So, because these are cheap, they're, they're like little 30 quid tattoos, you yeah. know what I mean? So, little things that you can start with. So, the moment they start doing actual tattoos on humans, they start getting paid, uh, they start keeping that money. You're building, like, if I'm going to put faith in an apprentice and yeah. I'm going to give them, I have to show them some loyalty in order for them to show me some loyalty. I don't think it's a one-way street. There has to be a two-way street. At the time that I'm teaching them and then observing them in this secondary phase, that's when I start teaching them also how to run the business of being a professional tattooist. So how to, you know, what's the best way to get a website put together? What's the best way to have a social media presence? You know, uh, what should your business card look like? How do you, you know, when should you start thinking about going to uh, conventions? You know, you know, building a network of people. So I start teaching them the business of being a professional at that point, right? Um, and then slowly, what I do then is, as you go through, like a lot of traditional apprenticeships, they transition into more uh, more extensive pieces, more adventurous pieces. Yeah. Uh, and generally, at the point when they're starting to talk about, you know, favouring, not specialising necessarily, but favouring a particular style because they've done a lot of stuff and they go, you know, I really love doing dot work or I really love doing tribals or I really love traditional. I go, okay, well, we'll start, you know, you can start then taking the work that we filter through the studio that's given to the junior tattooist, the smaller stuff that they can handle and do nice. And then uh, then we start them on, okay, we'll find a friend or, a, you know, a, a colleague or, you know, a family member and pick a limb and we'll start putting some of that style yeah. of work on that person and start building it up. And again, while they're doing that, because it's on paid, the studio wears the cost of the supplies. Now, so that means at the end of this three-year-ish sort of period, um, that that person, you know, I've, I've paid for a lot of needles and ink and, you know, and all that sort of stuff, put a lot of time into it. So it's, I kind of say to them right at the beginning, however long it takes me to get you to that point is what is kind of the amount of time I expect you to stay at the shop and earn some money and pay me some of that back through via a percentage, which is not ridiculous like i've said it's not 99% it's 95% which i think is absolutely <laughs> fair you know so question then question <laughs> right so like obviously with like i said earlier on when you've got a lot of like people that just finish their apprenticeship and just fuck off straight away and then they go and they open up yep. a studio and then you've got apprentices teaching apprentices teaching apprentices and so yep. on like i feel like moving forward and, and and especially like tattooing coming into this you know 
technological modern era, let's say, as it's been yep. in for a while. Um, that's where I honestly think, like, you know, we're not pirates anymore. Contracts should be in place. So I would say, like, if I'm going to teach you for X amount of time for free, and I'm going to pay you for the time that you're working in my studio as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. After I'm going to teach you for three years, you are contracted to work for me for X amount of time. The only other way, and again, people might think about thinking this, like, but like what Paul said, he's had to bear the cost of a three years worth of teaching somebody. Uh, there should be a contract in place that states, like, if you leave the shop before that time is up, then you are liable for X amount, you know, uh, to for paying well, I mean, you a certain amount of we money. We do have a. We do have a contract in place, uh, but it's a verbal contract. It's an agreement between two grown-ups that agree to do that. And I think that um, that's never been a problem for me. But what I try and do is I try and uh, build a relationship with the artists in the studio and and then help them out, you know, because realistically, you know, if it takes three years to teach somebody to get to the point where they're no longer an apprentice tattooist, they're still going to be asking you questions for three years and they're still going to come up to stuff that they've never done before. And it's about supporting the artists in the shop. Now, I think that, so in answer to this kind of question, what do I do next? Well, in a traditional apprenticeship sense, the actual route is very, it's very natural. It's very linear. You, you know, you, be, you are the apprentice. Uh, once you've learned enough that you can do small tattoos, you're given the small tattoos to do. As you get better, those tattoos get better. As you're doing that, you're building a local client base you're building a website, you're building yourself uh, a social media following, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it's actually quite a natural thing when you when you do that. Where it, it breaks down is in, in the two places. The one that Chris is talking about, where you go do an apprentice and then immediately, once you've learned, leave the shop and go and work somewhere else because um, that, that kind of breaks that natural chain of building up to it, um, which I don't think is a good idea. You know, I, I always think if, if a studio have put some time into teaching you, you should, wherever possible, um, put the time into paying them back. But there are certain things that sometimes happen in people's lives that make it very difficult. You know, like you might relocate or, you know, s some stuff might come up and it, it might not be because you're being a dick. It might just be that life Oh, no, I, I understand that. Sometimes, you know, sometimes shit happens, right? Um I would also always say in the tattoo industry, don't burn your bridges because, you know, there's, it's a, really, I know it's a big industry, but in reality, it's not a big industry. And, and so it's not all, it's, it's always worth staying, you know, wherever possible to try and stay friendly with the places that you have worked in the past because you never know when you might want to go back there. Mm. Um, but I think where the other place where this problem arises, and I think this is the, is the key problem if you're teaching yourself, like I know a lot of you guys are out there, you're teaching yourself at home from information online, you don't have any of that natural connection to the industry because you're sitting in your bedroom with some practice skin. Uh, and it's I think it's very difficult then, uh, you know, turning up to a tattoo studio and saying, I've taught myself at home. Most tattoo studios are going to go, yeah, well, you probably haven't taught yourself properly because most of the information online is not. Some of it is straight up wrong. Oh, yeah. Most of it is. Most of it is a little bit light on the information. Some side of it's of all it's opinion not what I call based, information isn't it? dense, and some of it's opinion. So, and there's you know with tattooing, there's always more than one way of skinning a cat, if you like, you know. Um, and so, in a, a sort of three-year uh, period of working in a shop. 
you'll get advice not just from your mentor but you'll get advice from the other guys in the shop that as you go along you know i always kind of you know all the guys in the shop know first 12 months you know the, the apprentice only listens to the person who's teaching them so in in my case it's like if i'm telling you just do it my way until you can and until you can do it once you can do that after about a year then you can start listening to everybody else's ideas yeah. And then I kind of open it up to the rest of the, the, the studio. Now, at that point, um, you're getting in naturally embedded in the industry and the culture of shops and how things work and what you do and what you don't do. You're watching the, the older artists or the more established artists working with clients, how they deal with great clients, how they, they deal with more difficult clients, you know, the, the kind of sh the culture of shops. Now, if you're teaching yourself online, you're going to be wa walking into all that pretty cold. Now, and it doesn't matter how many, uh, you know, YouTube shows like this that you watch, you know, you're not, you haven't spent three years making making coffee and drawing and sitting with the guys and chatting them. So you, you know, you're not going to be as embedded in the tattoo culture. So yeah. do, do, obviously not every tattooist is, you know, a former marketing person like yourself. So like I've always said, like for people that are, looking at or emailing us inquiring about an apprentice apprenticeship sorry uh, i've always said like you know tattooing's changed it's not like what it used to be where you just draw with a pencil and tattoo now there's so many different elements involved you know and as a tattooist at some point you're going to be a business owner and so on and so on so like i recommend that people become proficient in a lot of things such as like photoshop and, and things like that but also like i recommend people to do if they want to be an apprentice i recommend them to do like courses in marketing and business management because all that side like people forget that that is a massive side of tattooing is like marketing business management like there's so many other aspects of tattooing than other than just tattooing yeah i, I think it's even more important if you're um, if you're teaching yourself at home and wanting to make it in the world of tattooing, which is, it's completely possible, to, to be perfectly honest with you, um, what you're going to need to do is uh, from the, uh, the end of you, you know, going, right, I've learned what I'm doing. I now can make tattoos that, that look really, you know, quite professional and I'm moving on to tattooing some friends and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think during that period, if you're teaching yourself online, realistically in this day and age the only answer is to start building um a knowledge of marketing a knowledge of how how to promote yourself uh, you know you've got time to teach yourself how to take really good pictures um you can build up your social media you need to do that because i think i, I may i may be wrong in saying this but i i think a lot of studios, if you turn if you turn up and go, I've been teaching myself at home on practice skin, I've got quite good, uh, have you got a chair that I can rent? I'm not sure that a lot of tattoo studios will do that unless you can demonstrate that you've actually tattooed people and that you've, you know, and that you can work with clients and stuff. I might be wrong, there might be studios that are more like that. My experience of that has been like, no mate, sorry, ta And it's difficult to get in the industry that way. So you... So what I'm saying is from a practical point of view, don't let that put you off. Um, you're going to have to circumvent that. So you get almost... Read the story about, is it Mia, Mia Kotowski? No. You know the black and grey artist from, he was in No Regrets? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You heard about how he got his job? Yeah. Yeah. And this is like, fucking Ben confirmed this for me. I heard the story and I, I double-checked it with Ben. 
he basically walked into no regrets and said, I'm going to come here tomorrow, I'm going to do a tattoo and you are going to give me a job. He turned up the next day, he did a tattoo, his tattoo was that fucking good, they offered him a job on the spot. Well, see, now... But he's an exception uh, to the rule. He's like a fucking phenomenal tattooist. Like. Well, I don't, I don't know if necessarily is an exception to the rule. I think if if you can get to that point on your own from you know your bedroom or your your garage, private studio, whatever you want to call it, uh, and you can demonstrate that you're doing these beautiful tattoos on people, and you can walk in with a portfolio that is on skin and not uh, practice skin, it's going to take some balls to do that. You're going to have to have the balls to walk into a studio and go, I'm as good as any of the artists in here, and uh, I've taught myself, uh, let me show you. You know, it's going to take, you're going to have to have the bottle to do that, right? I mean, that's just how it, it's just how it is, right? Um, yeah. My, my only my only issue with people that are, uh, that like, and I, I'm coming at this from, a, from somebody who is like mostly self-taught because I did, I started an apprenticeship, never finished it, self-taught, then worked in a shop, had to relearn a lot of stuff. But like, if somebody came to me and they did have an outstanding portfolio and they were self-taught and they had been teaching themselves in the house, my only issue I would really have would, would be the whole infection and control side of things. Because as we've seen recently, there are a lot of people in tattooing that don't have a fucking clue about infection and control procedures and so on. Luckily... Luckily, and I keep mentioning this, you no know, things are changing in Wales, where everybody will have to do that exam before they get their license. <clears throat> but that, that for me, really is like, it's one of those things where, are you going to have somebody that, but well, not are you, you are going to have somebody that's learnt online. They don't know about, like, you know, the chain of infection and so on. So they might be sitting there, they might be doing banging tattoos, but they might be sitting there, you know, picking up bottles with dirty gloves and and so on and, and contaminating everything and, you know, and walking out of the room with gloves on and, and, and all that stuff. So, like, that is the only side for me where I, I, I'm thankful that they've got that in Wales and hopefully it's going to happen in England because even if you've got somebody coming into your shop that is self-taught from the house, you know that they're going to have to or they will have a base level of knowledge about you know, cross-contamination and so on uh, before they even get a licence. Well, my advice there would be if you're at the at the stage where you, you know, you're thinking about transitioning from practice skin to uh, to real skin, then the first thing that you should do is, uh, and you can take these courses, you know, you can pay for them and go and take them. You can take separate courses in prevention, uh, infection prevention and control. So I would suggest doing that off your own back. Um I would also suggest if you're doing this at the same time as you're learning to tattoo, learn how to market those tattoos, learn about business and how to build a business, how to build um, an, an, an online portfolio, how to build um, you know, a social media presence uh, and study marketing at the same time that you're studying tattooing. Now this is, you know, you might be sitting there thinking, yeah. Jesus, I've just got all this stuff to do. It's like, welcome to the world of being a pro tattooer. This is what we do every fucking day, mate. You know, like we, we market our stuff. We, we learn photography to the point where we're almost professional photographers. We, you know, we have to, we have to understand uh, the procedures for cleaning good enough that we could probably do a pretty good job of scrubbing down an operating theatre. You know, I wouldn't mind betting I'd be pretty good at it or cleaning a crime scene. I think I'd be, I'd, you know, most tattoos would be good. You need all of these levels of knowledge. Yeah. And this is why 
an apprenticeship is so good if you can get one because all of this is kind of included in the process. If you're doing it at home, it's all on you. You're going to have to do all of this stuff. You've got to be. You got to learn to tattoo. You've got to learn to keep the tattoos clean and safe. You've got to learn to market them. You've got to learn to photograph them. You've got to learn to sell them. You've got to learn to build a business. And you're going to need to have all that in place before you walk in the doors of a tattoo studio to go, like, can, can I rent a chair, mate? You know, and, and so it's a big ask. Don't be daunted by it. You know, take it as a challenge. That's what you got to do. It's, it's what you, you know, it's what you will have to do every day as a professional tattooist anyway. To the other side of it as well, it's like, and 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 this is the, the really sad thing. Well, it's not. It's a good and a bad thing because you know there are so many fantastic tattooists that I know that are, that are self-taught and they have taught themselves from home, and it is such. It's frowned upon within the industry for people to tattoo from home because of the hygienic aspect of things and so on. But one thing that a lot people in the UK, I don't know what it's like everywhere else in the world. Again, I keep coming to this topic. Uh, there is going to be uh, government clampdowns on home tattooing. Obviously, it's an illegal practice to do in the UK. Uh, if you are tattooing from home and charging people, trading standards can get involved. But from a licensing perspective, from, from a council perspective and so on, they, they can't get involved. And I think at the minute they're like fines and, and so on. But like they are really trying to prevent or um, deter people from tattooing from home. And it's going to be unlimited fines. You're going to have a criminal record and all that stuff then when you decide or when you do get to a point where you want to be a professional, if at some point you've been caught tattooing at home, practicing on your friends or practicing on just even having tattoo equipment at your house and not being a licensed tattooist will land you in trouble. And if you've got a criminal record for that, you will never be a professional tattooist in Wales and potentially England and, and if they roll out over Scotland as well. I think, I mean, I do think it's very difficult. Um, it's a really tough ask for people trying to do that uh, with an industry that is still pretty down on people teaching themselves, even though most of the top name artists, if you actually speak, them, speak to them, will tell you that they taught themselves. Um, I do think in reality, it's something that needs addressing yeah. on a much wider level. You know, we ought to have some sort of... Um, some sort of like academic way through this, but we don't have that in place at, at this point. Um, and so you got to do what you got to do. You know, if there's no, I mean, I've spoke to lots of you via DMs and everything where it's just impossible to go and do the whole apprenticeship thing and work for free and all that sort of stuff. Cause a lot of places want you to work for nothing and clean the car and walk the dog and all that. And it's just not feasible. Right. So, um, and I, I can tell you straight up hand on heart, if all of that stuff was in place, the, when I was learning to tattoo, I still would have done everything that I did the way I did it. You know what I mean? It's it's just one of those things, man. It's it's uh, nothing's going to stop you getting to where you can't tell people to not get where they're going. I'm just saying you got to avoid the pitfalls of this and understand that you might put all this work in, and you might still have yeah. to put three years work into a studio to get taken seriously. To be honest with you, because it's it, it unfortunately it's the culture of tattooing, but that's the industry that you're getting into, and you can't change the industry. You know, you you, you kind of have to go. No, you know, you can't change the world. You got you got to kind of blend in with it a little bit. It's the culture of what of what we do. You know, and 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 I, I think it's a sad. Uh, state of affairs because I don't really have a solution to go well what you should do is go on this course learn all of this and then you can do this that that, that route doesn't exist there aren't enough apprenticeships 
around to to you know sort of accommodate everybody that wants to learn. The market is flooded now with companies selling all kinds of equipment, you know, that you can buy on Amazon, you know, and I, I personally don't think you should be able to do that uh, because I do think it makes it even more difficult. And it's, it, you know, when you can buy a whole kit off Amazon for a couple of hundred quid, it, it kind of gives people the impression that you can do that, you know. It's a real difficult one. I think it just goes round and round. So, listen, I'm going to summarise our advice to you. If you are... Um, uh, get yourself an apprenticeship if you can. Stick around at the studio uh, for if if you're an apprentice for three years. Stick around for three years and pay your mentor back, and that will be a natural route into you know building a career and becoming a professional tattooist. If you're one of the majority of people, I think that are teaching yourself from home, uh, get get yourself good at first first and foremost. You know, start with your practice scheme. The moment you're thinking about tattooing people. Do an infection prevention and control course. Seriously, that is the most important thing you can do. Get get to understand zonal pathogen control and how we, we do that. You know, clean surfaces, dirty surfaces, learn all of those techniques. Go on a course if you can. I mean, they do them around, certainly around the UK, you can go on these kind of courses because they're designed for people who work in doctor's surgeries and stuff like that, right? Um, get yourself really good at that. While you're doing that, you need to learn how to take really good photos. So if you can, you know, get yourself on a little photography course or get really good at taking pictures, just practice with your phone or whatever. Uh, also study uh, marketing, social media, um, you know, how to market a business, how to set up a business, how, you know, how to sell that business online. Uh, it's, it's a lot of stuff to have to learn, or especially on your own. It's going to be a pretty lonely kind of setup and situation. But if you want to become a professional doing this at the kind of level that we work at, um, then it's the only it's the only thing that you can do. You're going to have to do it all by yourself. Um, I've got to be honest with you. I wouldn't I wouldn't fancy doing it all by myself, man. It's it's uh, it's a pretty big ask. But if you're really gung go to do it, I know I'm not going to be able to stop you or talk you out of it. So that would be my advice: is get all of that stuff in place. You know. Yeah. So uh, hope that's a bit of food for thought. If you want me to talk. Um, more about the marketing and social media side of things of building a business, you know, because I can talk, right? If you want me to uh, to put a, a little, you know, like a little primer together of, you know, building your business, building your social media, following all that sort of stuff, I can, I can definitely do that. Just all you got to do is, you know, comment down below and I'll see if I can put something together for you. A VAT tattoo show seminar. Yeah, go on then. At a tattoo convention talking about marketing. That would work. Because... Would you like a seminar? Yeah, marketing seminar. Would you be interested? You know, is I mean, is that something you'd be interested in seeing? Well, the other thing is, uh, do you run a tattoo convention? Would you like a that tattoo show seminar, Q&A sessions and stuff like that? You know, hit us up on the email and we'll see if we can figure something out. Uh, and so with that, guys, I hope that's been uh, food for thought uh, and that you can take some of that in. I hope you're not walking away from this thinking it's, uh, it's too depressing. You can get there. Believe me, you can get there. Don't give in. Uh, you can do it. It's a lot to do, though. So you will, you know, I... never don't give up, you know. Never don't give up. And so with that, guys, uh, this has been That Tattoo Show. We've been your Purple Handy Preachers. I've been Paul. Uh, I've been Chris. And don't forget, tell the lawyer, tell the judge, tell the priest, tell Jordan Peterson he's a douche. Uh, but also tell him that we'll be out here every week. We'll see you next Sunday. Have a great rest yeah. of your day and we'll see you really soon, guys. Take care. Au revoir. <laughs>